Hello, everybody. It's Kateri. Hey, it's Owen. And welcome to the Soothsayer's Tea feature episode. So today we're going to be discussing misinformation about tarot and basically just tarot reading in the modern media, just because there's a, a lot of misinformation there. And we feel like it's a really good um, theme for the magician, how the magician could be a little tricky. Yeah. And this sort of misinformation and stuff has been going on in different forms for years. And it's quite, it's kind of formed society's perception of tarot and that will deeply affect you as you're coming into it and starting your practice with it it's a good thing to get it out of the way at the very beginning to look at your misconceptions and look at what tarot actually is and try to separate them so that you go into this you know doing good right off the bat yes so we felt like it was very important to have this episode um pretty much early on in the series um although we're kind of squishing into the magician um, into this theme it's still we're really kind of pushing on the trickery portion of the magician mm-hmm. in this case um, because again we feel like this is a very important episode to get out of the way first especially for newer readers because there's a lot of misconception when it comes to tarot um, and some of it's a lot of fun some it's really messed up so that's what we're going to be discussing today yeah the magician yeah as, as you were just saying it it sort of fits it and we've made it work but don't, I don't want you coming out of this thinking that the main sort of correspondence to the magician would be trickery. If you want to learn a little bit more about the magician, you can check out our episode from earlier in the week, Tarot Talk, where we talk about the magician for 20 minutes, right? <laughs> yeah, exactly. And there's a lot of really positive things about the magician. Um, but again, this is an important episode to discuss. Yes, it is. Now, I want to start off with a, a bit of a bang a kind of a very controversial um, example of how misconceptions of tarot and how it's been depicted historically and throughout modern media has affected real life people and minorities today. And a very good and very recent example of this is that tarot is closed to Romani people. Um, You, this isn't huge. It's mostly sort of on TikTok and popular with younger people. But I know specifically that the people who started this and who started a Facebook group and um, I think it was either a GoFundMe or a Patreon, it might have been a Patreon, where they advertise that they will teach you how to decolonize your tarot and basically say that you cannot do tarot if you're not a Romani person. These were white people. These were not Romani people. (laughs) And they were profiting off of this. And I'm pretty sure that they still are, actually. So... It's you a know, little, misconceptions bad. Yeah, it's not just misconceptions. That's a huge can of worms of like basically um, identity racism. politics, yeah, racism. Yeah, identity yeah. politics gone wrong. And as a person of color myself, I find it's very interesting, um, especially working in activist spaces. Is that uh, I'm going to be very frank. This is going to be some hot take, hot tea. Um, there's a lot of cases, especially younger activists. You can kind of tell that they're in the act- activist spaces for the wrong reasons. They're there to almost, I hate using this word, but it's accurate. They basically just kind of bully other people and not get the flack back from it because they're doing, quote unquote, the right thing. If you want to basically shit on somebody for something that they can't, like, basically um, defend themselves with from. So, for example, racism, sexism, homophobia. It becomes a type of situation that, again, this is how, I, how I'm seeing it, especially with a lot of the younger generation, is that they're not really doing it for the right reason. 
And it gets to, it kind of gets to a head when it comes to this type of situation. Again, tarot is closed to Romani people. When there's Romani people out there who make it very clear, no, it's not. Because as we said in earlier episodes, tarot is Italian. It's an Italian card game. Yeah. And the whole portrayal of the Romani woman um, reading tarot cards and that like that being like their whole thing and being sort of a grifter and a fool and sort of stealing money from you, that is rooted very heavily in racism and it exists all over the world. Yeah. Romani people are still facing genocide in I think 12 countries right now in 2022. Um unfortunately for this episode it is going to be just me and Katiri but in a future episode um, we are going to have on an actual Romani person to talk about how these misconceptions about tarot and how it's affected their people and why it is in fact bad yes and we're pretty excited about that so yeah. I don't think for us again I can only discuss it as a um, from a person of colors like from a um, indigenous kind of aspect where I see that a lot um, when it comes to especially TikTok and again the younger generation is trying to close everything I call it forced segregation they want to segregate themselves again um, not that closed practices should be open I do not believe that at all in any way shape or form I have a lot of closed practice in my um, indigenous spirituality however I think the concept and the definition of closed practice is lost on a lot of people um, when you start hearing things like Christianity is closed, come on. Christianity, one of the largest, if not, I think the largest religion in the world, that is entire sort of mission statement for certain sects and quite large sects is to convert others. You can't say that that is closed when they themselves are quite literally opening it and forcing it onto other people. However, I think we may have gotten a little bit off topic. <laughs> yeah, and that's the thing. Like, we could go. Basically, the point we're getting here is that even in the most well-intentioned things, or what's on the surface looks well-intentioned, can still be full of grift. And as somebody who is an activist in my local area and things like that, I see a lot of it a lot of grift a lot of people trying to quote unquote do better and again tarot is not uh, immune from this in any way shape or form no it definitely is not um but moving on i think a little bit i think another huge misconception about tarot and this isn't so much a misconception as it is an unrealization <laughs> I feel like I'm at like a spiritual retreat right now, just adding like weird words together to make sense. But um, is that basically this misconception is that tarot is very much a practice based solely in self-love and self-learning. Um, while a very huge part of this is true, and that is what a little bit of what tarot is, there's also so much more that you can do with it. And it's kind of reductive to just sort of paint it as one sort of love and light thing and we see a lot of this not just in um on social media and on modern media like television we see it in tarot readers like sort of more famed tarot readers in the community and we see it in books and websites and resources and i think a kind of good example of this is betty tarot yeah um i see it get recommended to beginners a lot and i do myself recommend it to beginners but I think if you are going to be recommending it to people, you do need to be very, very clear about 
the outlook that they have on tarot because all of the messages and meanings are kind of fluffy they're kind of i don't want to say fluffy because they are correct but they're very much overly positive um some cards are just negative some cards have negative meanings and you really have to include that in your reading if you also if you would like to get the full picture and yeah Biddy tarot doesn't do that so much i think feel like it does definitely castrate the tarot and it's interesting that you you brought that up because I just recently, I'm not going to name any names of the um, publisher, but there's a publisher out there that um, offered a free four day, um, basically learn how to read tarot. And I'm always interested in signing up for those things because even though I've, we've been doing it for such a long time, there's always new things that you can learn, even from these beginner um, type of of teachings right so and it also included uh, a few um, tarot creators um, that made some of these decks and some of these decks I own and honestly they're not my favorite because I found them fluffy I found them very um, the imagery on it was just a little too easy if that makes any sense Mm -hmm. but um, the one thing what I found about these love and light type of um, people who push these things is that they're not selling tarot, they're selling themselves because I was watching the video of um, the lady talking about herself and how tarot um, worked for her. And I swear the first 15 minutes was just her talking about her life story. And I think that's fantastic. I think everybody needs to kind of speak their truth. But on the flip side of the coin, you could tell that they weren't selling a product to learn tarot. They're basically saying, hey, you should look up to me because I had a really hard. And I'm not saying that people can't be inspiring, but it looked like they're trying to more or less inspire people to get out of the funk that they're in, which is great. It's fantastic. I don't think there's anything wrong with that. I think it's valid. However, the problem with it is that I find that they're not so much selling tarot as a tool. They're selling tarot as a lifestyle, which is weird. It smells like capitalism, to be quite honest. Yeah. Um, <laughs> I have a little bit more of a problem with it. I feel like stuff like this isn't really going to help a lot of people. What it's mostly doing is preying on them when they're vulnerable and wanting to sort of get out of this funk. Like this is what this is. Capitalism invented midlife crises and <laughs> midlife, just midlife, not like you know teenage crises yeah. and listen, listen, adolescent. all crises, all crises, are valid. But um, how do you say crises? Crises. It's just crisis. Crises. I don't know. I'm confused. I'm scared. Now. I think it's crises, but it's spelled the same. I love However... how we're like we're, we're talking like we're authorities here. We're like crises. <laughs> we're very serious and we know exactly what we're talking about in fact and i think um the only reason i can't speak is because i'm actually a tarot deck i'm a tarot deck me (laughs) yes uh it's i just learned english like two weeks ago come on give me a minute let me let me speak it's a colonial language anyway don't worry about it (laughs) what was i even saying talking oh yeah okay it's sold exactly as you were saying it's sold like a lifestyle it's sold as a get not a get get rich quick that is a different grift but it sold as a get better without doing any hard work yeah and it feels and again i'm just gonna go off this video that i watched it was very much so like oh i didn't it felt very almost new age it felt very much like the secret just kind of like oh just wish and think your way out of your situation you can stop doing hard drugs if you just feel better about yourself and again all this is I say it's valid. I just don't agree with it necessarily because 
I know that there's people out there that have these difficulties with negative self-talk and they need that to get out of the situation that they're in. And I think that's anything that can help you do that. Fantastic. However, from us coming on the other end of tarot is that it almost, it does really castrate and cheapen the tarot to a certain extent because Mm -hmm. tarot is not all love and light. It's definitely not. It very much is not, (laughs) especially when I'm giving myself readings. In fact, as I learned last night, but more importantly, um, I think it, it sort of stems from this whole thing as I see it mostly in America and Canada where healthcare and like access to mental health services isn't as good. I say that like it's good here in Europe. It's not. It's just cheaper, which means it's affordable at least. But I see it a lot over there with people selling sort of alternatives to therapy and to sort of like psychological health and professional mental health because it's cheaper and because people know that they need sort of psychology like um psychoanalysts or an analyst anal analysis or therapy but they can't afford it because it's insanely expensive and so people will pick up tarot cards and said and that is perfectly fine whatever works for you and whatever helps you but that isn't super healthy i know it may be your only choice but it really isn't a healthy approach to tarot I think the reason why that we're so opposed to it is that I think this is fantastic as a personal practice. It should not go anywhere outside that, even reading for friends. Yeah. I, I think it's very much so. If uh, if you intend to expand your tarot practice any type outside that, you can't be love and light. At that point, you're not really helping people. You're pacifying them because you don't know other people's situation and again your readings might be helpful for the people who need the same type of medicine that you need however it's not it's not whole it's not really helpful to anybody's situation i think i've likened this before it's almost like a doctor who doesn't like giving bad news so they just don't mm-hmm. yeah it's telling people what they want to hear instead of what they need to hear can make you sort of feel like as good in the moment it makes them feel better but in the long run it's bad for both of you um and that kind of applies to everything in life not just tarot but specifically tarot reading it also another version of this would be like taking a card out of the deck that you don't like and doing this you're not portraying the full message it's not it's pretty pointless first of all and it also it's it's bad it's not it's deceitful to not give someone everything like if you're getting for example if you if i was reading for kateri and i got something that i didn't like like oh you're gonna have like a bad mental health period and i was uncomfortable telling them that then and i i've lost my train of thought i had a good example and it's gone now (laughs) anyway don't do it if i was doing that and then i just specifically didn't tell them that and told them that you're gonna have like a really great time it'll all be good yeah, I mean, nothing necessarily bad would happen, but if I had the ability to sort of give them, I guess, a forewarning of that coming or sort of the tools they needed to get themselves out of it, why wouldn't I? Even if it was hard for me to do. Yeah, and I think it it's dis- disingenuous. And this is where we're really concerned about Griff because if you're listening to this and you're not even interested in just doing readings, you're just kind of interested because I do have... A few people who are saying that they're listening to the podcast just because you just like the sound of our voices frankly that's one and two they're just kind of like you know i'm just kind of curious um even just thinking about getting readings or things like that is that 
you can tell when people are in it because they're more or less interested in having an audience than -hmm. they are actually giving good advice, (laughs) if that makes any sense. And I see that a lot with a lot of people on um, social media readers, where it is Mm -hmm. really, really, really fluffy. Yeah, I see it quite often with, I give a sort of very, I guess, best case scenario example where it's just you, a normal person, not selling readings. But the reality is the people who are doing these readings, when they are giving you this love and light reading and telling you everything's going to be amazing, you are so beautiful, you're going to meet the love of your life. That is because they want you to come, they're telling you what you want to hear so that you come back to them and give them more money. Yeah. Or more attention or more followers and boost their influence because that is what they want. They don't actually care about you as a client or you as a person. And that is not, that's a horrible way to go about tarot. If you don't care about your clients or you don't care, I guess, sort of about their lives without obviously involving yourself in them because that's overstepping, um, you shouldn't be reading professionally. Yeah. And that comes. And that comes into, I don't want anybody to think that tarot is like blood and bones, fire and brimstone either. It's not like that. It's very neutral. I mean, it is when you read it, but. Oh, yeah, it is. Well, for me. No, I'm joking. <laughs> no, um, my <laughs> readings are all over the place. It, it Honestly, it straight up depends on the situation. I have customers come in and their readings are beautiful. I've had customers come in and I'm just like, you should consider, you know, packing up and leaving and never come back. <laughs> like, it just You should depends. consider faking your death and changing your identity. <laughs> yeah, exactly. So it just, it really depends on, again, the subject matter at hand. Again, for me, when I do readings is that they are entirely neutral in a way that they will swing the pendulum. They'll go one way or the other, depending on the situation. Honestly, bad readings don't come up too often. Um, they're few and far between, but when they do, they're very important for people. Um, yeah. I mean, good for you. Almost, at least for myself, when I'm reading for myself, the readings are almost never good because it's always like, here's what you can do to do better. And you know, you can do better. So shut the fuck up and stop complaining about it. (laughs) Yeah. Except except for the fact that, you know, you just don't actually ever do the thing that it's telling you to do. That's another thing. If you actually just ignore your cards, you're going to have a bad time. Yeah, this is evident. Um, I've got examples from my actual real life. If you can ask jay and i think you might have been there as well but i think temperance was pulled for me like 13 times in the space of a month last year oof oof it came up again last night twice and from two different decks because i was reading for one of my friends and i was like oh you know what i'll just i'll pull for myself as well i'll do a nice wee reading for myself both decks both readings temperance and i was like yeah that tracks this is the issue too is that Again, if you start reading for other people, whether it be for practice um, or for a friendship thing or professionally, if you're not listening to the cards, your cards are going to start stalking you and not the client. I've had that happen before where I'm like, I'm going to have to, I had to get them a refund because I'm like, this reading is not about you. It's slapping me in the mouth and I'm ignoring Mm -hmm. it. And that's why you don't want to ignore your cards. And it doesn't happen too, too often, but I see this a lot with um, novice readers is that because they're not reading for themselves properly or they're ignoring what the cards are saying, it's just bleeding into everything. And that's not good. Yeah, absolutely. This happened to me um, once. I think it's only been once or twice that it's happened where I actually, every reading I pulled, no matter what question I was asking or who I was doing it for, was about me. And I was like, okay, I get it. Okay, I will, I will learn my lesson. Um, but it was 
so incredibly annoying. <laughs> I wasn't like, I wasn't really professionally at this stage yet, so I didn't have to like close my shop or anything. But it was, it was, it was irritating. I could not get any messages for anyone. And it was, it, I didn't like it. I didn't like it at all. Speaking of sort of disingenuous messages, should we talk about algorithm readings oof. and readings on your For You page and feed? Oof, oof, oof. Yes, we should absolutely discuss those because this, especially as creators, is, um, it's, we have opinions and it's, we have strong opinions, strong opinions, because this really does specifically with our business honestly it really does and this is where i'm i want this podcast to be not just for people who are interested in reading but for people who are getting readings because information like this is really important write this down literally though like to the point where one of my friends texted me the other day and he was like TikTok tarot readings are saving my life right now. And I had a full 25-minute conversation with him about why he needed to shut the f*** up and why he should never be saying that shit. Um, And and then it ended with me giving him an actual reading and him going, oh, I guess, I guess they were wrong. And I was like, oh, were they? Were they really? Good, good job. Critical thinking skills, 100 I'm still speechless. I don't know if you, again, you can't see my face in this, but I just literally like just hunched over. I just hunched over the second I heard that. Like this hurts me. It actually yeah. like it's a second I hear that it hurts me. What mm-hmm. is the worst part is is that as creators, as online professional readers, we're almost forced to kind of do these things. I do daily reels on my Instagram of one card polls, I make it very clear that they're not readings. They're either for you to take inspiration from or for you to learn from or just for fun. But the amount of people that look right into these cards and think that this is their reading for the day, I'm like you and everybody else who looked at it. It's hard. It's hard because people don't understand. But again, my business would completely curl up and die like a snail covered in salt if I didn't do this. And that's what's frustrating. Yeah. I, what I do is, it's not sort of like, okay, I hate it. I'm actually so seethingly upset at these readings right now. Like, I know I need to go out and touch some grass, but also this is very important to me and this is literally my business. It's, I don't like it. Um, How can you, like, even if you just think about it for a second, and I don't want to belittle someone who's listening to this, but listen, (laughs) how can you as a person watch a video with a hundred thousand likes, if not a million likes or 500,000 likes and go, yes, this tower reading was tailored specifically for me. I am the person who this reading was for. I'm claiming this energy. Yeah. Because you and everybody else, sweetheart. Yeah. And it's super frustrating because they give some sort of semblance of choice because they put out like three different decks and they're like, pick a deck the one with the crystal on it whatever speaks with you and i'm gonna do a reading for it and it's always hyper vague not only hyper vague you can tell that they are 
catering to their audience because they know that a, a bunch of young people is going to um, pick up on it. Like they'll pick out decks that are attractive to a certain generation and then they'll do a very general reading about like oh you're having issues with your love life because you're 17 and everybody's your boyfriend slash girlfriend like it's high school and then they'll pick a deck that's a little more mature and then they'll put out like a career reading but the thing is is that again it's so hyper vague now the tarot is not and we'll get into a little further it's not like psychic we can't tell you exactly Mm -hmm. what your baby's going to look like or if he has a butt chin or not. Again, hilarious. But um, <laughs> we're going to get to that. Um, but it we'll comes, get into that. <laughs> but it comes into, you know when it's cold reading. Cold reading is when they are doing a reading that is so frigging vague. And you can tell because they spit it out. When I do readings that I don't have a whole lot of information for, it actually takes me a few hours because I'm really pulling in as much outside help um when i say outside help i'm talking spiritual help to get as much insight as i can from my helpers to be able to do that reading right so when they're doing this video and they're just spitting out stuff it's grift especially when when we see those um, tiktok videos where they have like 18 cards out and they say two sentences and then that's it yeah i I don't understand how you would look at 18, unless you took a single word from every single card and put it together into a sentence. There is no way that you can look at 18 cards. This also goes back into sort of like beginner tarot readers are not very like pulling cards, all of the cards to try and like find the meaning instead of focusing on the original ones. But um, if someone shows you 18 tarot cards and gives, did I say tarot cards? Carrot cards. Yes. If someone shows you 18 carrots and gives you two sentences, <laughs> two sentences, <laughs> go to someone else. Yeah. Don't look for readings on your For You page. I'm sorry. Because exactly as you were saying, they are always vague. They are always like so, so fitted to anyone who's listening. Everyone has relationship problems. Everyone is like crushing on someone or wishes that their ex would come back or something like that. Like that is incredibly incredibly vague now if they sat there and named your ex and i mean full legal government name then i would listen well not that they're spying on you they're probably just look up your facebook yeah (laughs) (laughs) um but that comes into like i cannot when i say that they're vague they're also vague but they're also very specific when i say they're very specific as in like they'll do out a um deal out a reading and the reading will be something along the lines of like, you will come across your ex within the next couple of weeks or so, and you're going to lock eyes and then you're going to wonder if there's any way that you can get back together. And again, all the 14 year old boys in like in high school are looking at like, oh my God, I'm going to look at my ex. It's like, yeah, because you go to the same fucking school. Of course you are. <laughs> it's like, yeah. And those are the people who are liking it. And those are the people who are boosting it in the algorithm and those are the people who are honestly they don't quite know what's happening (laughs) they just don't quite know what's how it works and anybody who knows how tarot works wouldn't recognize that's not the case i would say that there's some sort of i would say a, a very faint glimmer of felicity to it if these people were psychics 
But the thing is, is that even that actual real psychics are extremely few and far between. And I say extremely few and far between. And quite (laughs) frankly, any of the ones that you see online are not going to be psychics. And I'll tell you the main reason why. Any psychics that I do know, they're basically like Megamind. Their brains are huge and they are exhausted 24-7. They don't have their human ability to open themselves up to an online audience like that or even like uh, i can't remember any of these names but like the tv psychics were like they're in a crowd on like oprah and all that those oh people are not psychics because they their brains would explode they wouldn't have the energy to that any psychics i know live in the middle of nowhere and yes they charge for the services but they only take a few clients on a month because of that how much work it is yeah it's a ton of work uh, it's 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 a struggle it's a struggle (laughs) um and yeah like all not all tarot readers are psychics not all psychics are tarot readers that's something that's really needs to be distinguished i think a lot of people think that people who read tarot cards are also like these like wee woo sort of mystical uh, psychics yeah basically like these people who like read your mind and like talk to the dead and stuff and that's that's another misrepresentation that was brought about by modern media yeah. even historically like it's it doesn't it doesn't line up and it also sort of feeds back into the romani people and the racism um yeah. but like yeah and this it's is kind not, of, it's not good <laughs> it's not <laughs> and honestly to kind of really um segue into this is that to lighten it up a little bit um not all listeners are going to understand this um this reference but I would highly, highly, highly recommend YouTubing Miss Cleo <laughs> because it is so bad it's good and it's a part of my childhood in the worst way. So Miss Cleo was a TV quote unquote psychic and her tool of choice was tarot. And before we, you know, I'm just going to, we'll talk about Miss Cleo first and then we're going to go into why Miss Cleo was the biggest fraud in all of tv dumb <laughs> okay so we'll start light as you said we'll start we'll light, light because <laughs> honestly um because this is so deeply rooted in my childhood i can only laugh at it but this is another example of tarot really really kind of getting the reputation that it has now um so miss cleo of course um late at night where um she would be a Jamaican, you can't see my fingers, but I'm doing quotation marks, a Jamaican woman um, in front of her um, table and her fantastic outfits. And she would basically do psychic readings where she would pull out these tarot cards and people would call in and they would get very, 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 very pinpointed information. When I say pinpointed information, people would be like, who's the father of my baby? And she's like, you know who it is. It's the guy who has all the girlfriends, the guys that you don't want to be with. And you know it's him because the baby has the same chin, has the same butt chin. Very, very specific information. And the reason why is very, 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 very specific information is because Miss Cleo was not Jamaican at all and she was a paid actress. And the people calling in were paid actors. 
because on this TV show, it would have the number on the bottom, call me now. And people would call in and they would wait on hold for 45 minutes at um, $3.99 per minute American or $4.99 per minute Canadian. And they wouldn't even get Miss Cleo because there was recording saying, you might not get Miss Cleo. We're going to try to get you to Miss Cleo so you can um, watch it live on television in front of you. But they would often just get basically the call center. It was basically, you know, the scams nowadays where it's just like your bank owes you money or the Microsoft scams. It was like that, but on late night television. So people would call in, get these super vague readings or these very um, inter, like, what's the word I'm looking for? They'd be very much so readings that would pertain to anybody. And they would get fleeced three, four, five hundred dollars. While the Miss Cleo that they saw on television was not only a paid actress, but the people calling in were actors. And it was yeah. all pre recorded. So it ended up being a one billion dollar lawsuit against the Psychic Network, I think that was the name of the company. Um, where they did come out and said that Miss Cleo one is not even Jamaican. Um, she's from Los Angeles. And two, she's a paid actress. Yeah. Um I I honestly I don't remember Miss Cleo. That could be an age thing or it could be a geography thing. Yeah, it's both um, geography and age because I think that she stopped being on air in like the late nineties. You no, know, about mid two thousands. I would say. Yeah. I would have been like a toddler. <laughs> yeah. But like, yeah, I I remember we have I remember seeing like these psychic networks and stuff on the TV. Um, but I don't really remember many of them. I know we have Mystic Meg in the like the sun, like the newspaper. Yeah. Um, but she's more, I think, astrology and horoscopes. Yeah. And on her website you can of course book readings, but not with Mystic Meg um, of herself. Of, of course. But um yeah, I think she's still kicking around, actually. I think she still comes out every week in the sun or every day. Yeah, and that comes into it. just like, this is very much so a organization, right? And these type of TV psychics or magazine psychics, because back in the day, you'd look at the magazine and in the back where all the ads were, it was just full of psychics. And a lot of them would use tarot. A lot of them would use tarot because um, when Wicca was really kind of coming up and up in the 80s and 90s, um, they've use tarot quite a bit because tarot was big tarot was really big in the um and it's like the 20th century like it was a big thing so it was definitely interesting just how things kind of evolved the biggest problem is that now that tarot is kind of becoming back in its limelight people are doing it very differently i would respect obviously the love and lighters more than these tv psychics (laughs) Yeah, I mean, the thing with these, like, TV psychics and stuff, because they did sort of appear around the 80s, um, with the rise of sort of, like, the counterculture movement in America, and then the sort of influence that that had, and the creation, I guess, sort of, of New Age spirituality, and the bastardization of Eastern religions that sort of came and came to that, it, tarot... It was it was popular. All of these like sort of I would I would say upper middle class were sort of the main targets. Yeah. Um. Or 
because well because no one else could afford their insane phone call prices but um what happened was like this spirituality was being a little bit more talked about um christianity was no longer it still was very much the center of attention but it had another competitor in the ring and that was spirituality in quotation marks um and i don't really love using that word so much i have a different definition of the word but um that's besides the point it was alternative christianity because it was all very crystal (laughs) very like good and evil based right um Mm -hmm. it it comes into it's like we saw it a lot in in popular media um charmed um was a thing um madonna came out with the ray of light which was very and she was going on about calabula and all that Mm. so um (laughs) i can't pronounce that word but (laughs) anyway it comes into there is definitely a change in the stratosphere when it comes to culture, culture popular culture overall, um, which was very interesting. But unfortunately, just like the dot-com bubble, the early adopters kind of changed the culture. And the early adopters back in the day were, again, TV psychics. And I do get that occasionally with some of my older clients expecting something from me that, again, they want me to tell them that who their husband is actually sleeping with and what's their name and i'm like i don't do that here (laughs) (laughs) yeah i'm good i'm that that happened to me as well i remember um i get a couple of readings because we've talked about this before and sort of like how clients sort of go towards people their own age and when it comes to reading tarot but as a result because i'm i skew a little bit younger in my clients i get a lot of people i get a lot of love readings a lot of sort of future like what is my work life going to look like in the future type brings uh, type things and i remember i occasionally will get a love reading where someone will ask about their partner um or like their future soulmate um and i'll be like i mean i can tell you about them and i can give you like a rough sort of timeline but it won't be a time as in like dating time it'll be like where you are in your life and i will give them this and it will be i think it'll be pretty good but um and then they'll ask me like a follow-up question and it'll be like, okay, but what does he look like? And I'm like, man, I don't know. Get like, a scrying mirror. Like, Figure like that out for dude. yourself. Yeah, he looks like a dude. <laughs> like, yeah. congratulations. And even so, like, again, I think that's honestly just misconception of the craft in general or paganism in general or, again, mm-hmm. alternative spirituality, whatever you want to call it. Um, I think that there's been such a stamping out of it because of um, just the Christian type of, and I'm not anti-Christian in any way, shape, or form, but there's definitely like a Christian supremacy that's been yeah. in Western um, societies for quite a while. I think that the only thing that really kind of survived was Greek and Egyptian. <laughs> yeah. like, I won't even say religions, but they kind of survived just due to the art and such, but there's been a lot of things that have been lost. And I think that people get a little too edgy when it comes to tarot. I love tarot. I think it is, I don't want to say edgy, but I think that there's definitely more to it. I feel a very strong connection to it spiritually. But I think that people are both bastardizing it and also making it to be way more than it actually is. Like there's no middle ground. There has to be a middle ground for people. There really isn't yeah especially online you do not see a middle ground because middle ground doesn't get likes middle ground doesn't get clicks it doesn't it's 
that's like that's another sort of I guess negative effect of social media. I seen, I seen this influencer who I hesitate to even call an influencer. And I know for a fact that he does not read tarot. Um, this is the first time that he had ever spoken about tarot on his main social media page. And guess what it was? I want what? you to guess. Uh, I don't I don't even want to think about that. What? It was an advertisement. It was an advertisement for a tarot deck. Um, he was giving a tarot deck review and... I have looked at this tarot deck and don't get me wrong, it is gorgeous, but the imagery, like it does not line up with the meaning of the cards at all. Like not even a little bit. It's just, it's the Disney villain, Sarah. I don't know if oh, you've seen yes. it. I know you yes, have. Yes, yes, yeah. yes, yes. I've seen it. I've seen it because I have the, um, the Nightmare Before Christmas tarot, which mm-hmm. is um very, it's, I think it's the same company. I think it's the same everything. I think I have to look that up. But mm-hmm. uh, I same idea. And it's definitely, it's a, I call them novelty decks. They're fun. They're great. Honestly, mm-hmm. they're readable, but they're also not anywhere near good for learning or anywhere near. They're a novelty deck. They're for fun. You keep yeah, them. You they're for looking at. They're, they're visual. They're visual decks because that is literally all they can be. Yeah. Because look. As I've said, I love the Disney villains tarot. It is so pretty. I love me some Disney villains. But they just slapped a random Disney villain on each card and call it a day. Yeah. Like there was not any sort of pre-thought or knowledge about tarot going into this. And he was sitting there raving about this tarot deck. He was like, oh my gosh, it is amazing. It's so cute and pretty. And then everyone was like, you're stupid. Yeah. Shut up. Why are you talking about tarot? So... Yeah, and that comes into, again, I find we've had discussions where um, we're really excited about how tarot is kind of getting into the mainstream, but this is a downside to it, is that, again, the fluff. I I can't say this enough, the casterization of it all. And when people are looking at tarot decks because they're cute, I have some beautiful decks, and they are absolutely useless for reading. Absolutely useless useless and with that being said you can technically read any deck if you want to when i say it's useless for reading it's just that if i were to show people cards or if i'm explaining cards i can't explain a flower on death i could be like <laughs> okay cool this is like rebirth and you know growing uh like starting anew but in your reading this means something's f-ed up <laughs> like congratulations you lost your job right yeah it's, it's doesn't I think that there's a fluffy fluffyization when it comes to newer decks. And we see this a lot again in the love and light and the new age circles. Um, yeah. There is a deck, which honestly, I'm going to call it by name. I think honestly, it's a really good reading deck for me. I use it a lot with clients because it does treat me well. This is how I basically christen a deck. When a deck becomes good to me, I edge it. So what I do is I take a um, alcohol marker and I put color around the edge. It makes a deck look a lot nicer. Um, it's the Light Sears Tarot. I'm sure you've seen it. Oh, I have actually. I have. I haven't bought it. It doesn't really jump out at me specifically. I guess I think that's just because I'm very, very. All of my tarot decks are so, so incredibly based in nature and plants and herbs, and it's so hard to find good ones because literally people will just throw random flowers on there. Yeah. But um. The one I got, the ones I got, I can't even remember its name. The actual like herbal correspondences and the like actual plant itself corresponds to the actual card, and that makes oh, me happy. Fantastic. But the lights is how it's pretty. It's it, not my cup of tea. So my issues with it is that it is um, full of hippies. 
I'm not exaggerating. Everybody looks like a hippie. They're wearing like those weird smock things. It's like that. Uh, it's a hippie deck. There's white people in dreads in it, right? And oh, <laughs> okay. And like they're dancing with their drums and stuff like that. With that being said, I don't know which spirit inhabited the deck. It's been very good. It's a very good reading deck. People love that deck. It's, I put a nice little green edge around it because I'm like, you know what? I respect you. But that is an example of a deck that's fluffy because I'm looking at the devil card and it's just a hot shirtless guy holding his hand out with a little, with a tiny, tiny, tiny little spider web on it. And you're just like, yeah. And you're just like, oh, like, look at this. Right. And um, death is not death. It's just rebirth. And it's just a hooded figure with a galaxy for a face. And I'm like, all right, like, it's not wrong. And again, it reads very well, because that's an example of a deck that I don't feel like the pictures do the archetype justice. However, I can read it like a book. It's very good to me. So I don't want anybody to think that if a deck is a novelty deck or a deck that doesn't necessarily connect to you that you can't read it. I'm surprised with some of the decks that I read. Yeah. I mean, I read the um, Line Strider Tower like it's a book and it's literally my main deck and it is very very minimal in terms of imagery the imagery that's there is good but it's there's not a lot there and that's why also why coincidentally i don't recommend it as a beginner deck because you don't have a lot to go off on pro tip by the way when you are learning to read tower to other people and even to yourselves just explain the image that's in the cards that's why we recommend the rider weight smith deck so much because the image is all there explain it to the person in front of you or explain it to yourself there you've got a reading you're done right and it just we can kind of go on and on about this but and we have and we have but Mm -hmm. we want to be concerned about when i always when i say starting off on tarot or at least learning about tarot whether you're intending to read for yourself other people are just curious about learning honestly just start with the basics you don't need everything else especially when he said when it comes to this individual who never spoke of tarot before but is going on about a like a novelty deck. Yeah. It doesn't make much sense to me because it, that's a novelty it's deck. It's kind of gross. It's grifting is what it is, once again. Um, as we've come across that word, we should do a word count for every single time we've said the word grift in this episode or any future episode <laughs> because I can almost guarantee that it will be in the hundreds, yep. late hundreds. We, I, it's, it's such a fun word to say though as well, grift. 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 Um, Once again. I think that, yeah, and again, it's it's hard on the head, and I want to go back to the algorithm there for a second. The problem is, is that oh yes, the algorithm <laughs> where we started, where we started. This, yeah, the problem is, is that the algorithm punishes the people who are doing it the right way, which is the biggest yeah. problem. This is where I'm going to suggest to anybody, especially if you're starting off with tarot. Whether, again, learning or for yourself or for um, others or just out of curiosity. If you want to get a tarot reading, find a local reader. Go to me. <laughs> go to oh, go to me. <laughs> no, um, no, seriously. <laughs> go to 
a reader. And it doesn't have to be expensive. I offer one card readings for $3. People offer readings on Etsy for free. Like you really, you can find a reader anywhere. Yeah. But I'm, if you go to an actual professional reader, and I'm telling you, a professional reader worth their weight in salt is not expensive. You're going to find people who, again, that's another grift. People are paying like two, three, four hundred dollars But I'm talking about like, you know, the regular readers who will charge you $10 for three cards, which is very, 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 very reasonable. Because I can pull a couple paragraphs from three cards. So that comes into if you pay a reader, you are getting a very, very pinpointed specific message for you. Not for the masses, not for, you know, the other 8,000 people or 800,000 people who've also mm-hmm. liked that video. I understand that a lot of people want a lot of things for nothing. Tarot's not one of them. <sighs> yeah. Look, even a bad one-on-one reading is still better than a than any kind of algorithm reading. I would much rather, and one of the main reasons why I wanted to start this podcast is that I wanted to be able to talk about tarot and offer this to the public without cost. That wasn't going to be algorithm readings. And unfortunately, I think we've discussed this before, um, either during the tarot um, Q&A on the House of Magical Yeet um, Discord, which is a fantastic Discord uh, server you should join. But... Mm -hmm. The problem is, is that as creators, we're almost forced to do these things. And for me, it's always a bit of a struggle figuring out the best way to do it ethically. I just don't do it, to be honest. I don't really make that much tarot content. I think the most sort of consistent tarot content I'll be making so far is this podcast. Yeah, that's fair. (laughs) Um, Because I really just... I'm not into it. I just, I'm, I'm all over tarot Twitter and the takes I see are absolutely mind boggling. I, I just, I give, I go into discord servers that I'm in. I'll give out free readings occasionally to sort of drum up business or just because I really, I really like, okay, this is kind of, this is another thing. If you are doing tarot professionally and we will have a whole episode on this in the future and you don't like it and it's not fun, you need to stop. Mm-hmm. You need to stop because to me, I will still happily go to like my friends or to like a group of people on a discord server and be like, Hey, free one card pulls. Who wants one? They're fun. Um, because I love doing it. I love sitting there and I love reading tarot and especially one card pulls. Cause literally you shoot at a paragraph, 30 seconds, not that big a deal. It's just, it's nice. It's breezy. And, um, I still do that. I love doing that. And I guess sometimes that also drums up business, but like the main reason is because it's fun I just, I like, and I have the time to do it as well. A lot of people don't have the time. Um, I do. And so I just do it. Don't let, also don't let anything we're saying and don't think that there's this huge long list of rules that you have to follow. There is, but you mean you can do what you want. Like, don't let tarot stop being fun either. It's serious and it's very serious. And I'm about to contradict myself by ending the sentence with, but it's fun and you should enjoy yourself. It's like- cooking you want to have fun with yes. it but you also don't want to poison people or burn the food so you want yeah, to take it exactly. seriously but you want to have fun with it 
Yeah, exactly. And there's a lot of things like that in life. And tarot is 100% one of them. And I really think that some people are approaching it as business opportunities, as a quick solve. No, what's it called? A solve all, a remedy for everything. And that works, yeah. yeah. Instead approaching it as a remedy for everything that's wrong in their life when it's not what it is, man. It's helpful. It's a tool. It's one tool in an arsenal. But it's just not, it's not fucking God. It can't do everything. Yeah, And you need to manage your expectations a little bit. And I think that also comes into just maybe it's just how we approach tarot as readers as well. Um, A good example is that, do you know how many readings I actually do for myself? How often I do them? I'm going to say like one a day. No. The one that I do per day, like the one card poll, honestly, when I do post them online, they're more or less for myself, but I'll Mm -hmm. take more or less inspiration from them. I'm just more or less, I'm refreshing my memory of the cards and I'm walking the card. I'm doing what I can to respect Mm -hmm. the tarot. But when it comes to actually like for divination purposes, reading the cards, honestly, I don't do it that often. And I don't encourage people to do it that often. So when I see, again, people who are obsessed with algorithm readings, they're doing them daily. They're doing several times per day. And I see that a lot. I have actually had clients where I'm just like, you, I'm cutting you off until next month. Like <laughs> I've had to take t- a break. Okay. Take yeah. a breath. And listen, that, look at the laws of reading and listen to it. Yeah. And that comes into an ethics thing. Like ethically, I'm cutting you off and I'll see you next month. I'm not saying like, but I've actually lost clients like that because they end up going to numbnuts down the road who mm-hmm. will take all the money, right? <laughs> and who will not be named. <laughs> will not be named, who charges twice the amount I do, but just because they want to get information on their twin flame or whatever. And it's mm-hmm. the thing is, is that that comes into their being told what they want to hear. And I and find so that we've actually come full circle and have stayed on topic. So take that, whoever says that we are rambling or off topic in any way. <laughs> it's all fun. But that comes again back into grift because I see that a lot. And algorithm readings are somewhat dangerous because let's just put all the whole thing aside where it's not nowhere near accurate because it's not personal to you. They're addictive. And again, when I do polls, I make it very clear in my description. I'm like, what inspiration? How how are you choosing to manifest this or avoid this today? Right? And because that's where I can make the tarot vague enough to be like, hey, the devil came up. Don't eat that piece of cheesecake. Like yeah. things like that. <laughs> and, and it's what I mean. I knew that as an exercise, not as a divination practice. I do it as an exercise to, again, just remember the cards. When I'm actually yeah. reading for people, when I'm doing professional paid readings, that is a divination practice. That's divinatory in nature. I don't offer that for free. <laughs> a divination practice, divinatory in nature. Divinatory. It is. But honestly, it comes into, I don't offer that for free. And I'll be frank, I don't offer that for free for a few reasons. It's because I don't think it should be offered for free because what Anything I- that you're putting your time and effort into for other people- shouldn't be free well not only that is that in my personal practice there has to be an exchange especially with the things Mm -hmm. that i'm pulling in if i have to do it for free then i'm paying that somewhere any cash that i get i usually take a coin or a token and i put it on the altar for the spirits i'm like here you go that's your payment Mm -hmm. right and then 
at the end of the week after sorry, at the end of the month, then I take it off the altar, then it's back to me again. But I have to offer that. If I'm doing these readings for people, the money I get don't come to me immediately. It goes somewhere else first. And that's how you know that these readings are meant for you. I'm not just pulling out cards and making it personal for you. I'm literally paying something else to get this reading for you. Yeah. So I, and that's the I, thing. Everything in life is about finding that balance and it's about a give and a take. And that includes tarot. Yeah, especially with how I do it. And if I do readings for other people, I literally have to find something else to offer who's helping me. Mm -hmm. I'm yeah. trying to be as vague as possible about my um, practice just because um, I don't feel like discussing that portion of my practice. But mm -hmm. that comes into is that I don't think people understand, especially when it comes to professional readers, the actual amount of level and care that they're putting into your reading. Yeah. Good professional readers anyway. But um, that's very similar to how I will do like an ancestral reading um, because that is why they are more expensive. Any reading where I have to communicate with your ancestors is going to be expensive because, listen, I don't want to do that. Like I, I enjoy doing it, but it's also very exhausting. Like for me to do that, I think I've spoken about it before. Like that ritual involves like evocation, offerings, and even banishing afterwards. It's 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 just it's a process and it takes a while and it's exhausting for me and my little ill self. I don't love it. I love doing it, but it's it's more expensive because I have first of all it's an offering to them as well. I don't do so much with the money, like you were saying, but I do use some of the money from that reading to buy ingredients. And then I make bread because I'm very Irish and bread <laughs> is the best offering for everyone and everything. Um, do you put a potato into it too? Cause you probably should. Potato bread. Do I make potato bread? Is that what you're asking? <laughs> yes. Right but um, no, I, it, I don't know how best to explain this without also giving away details of my practice that I'm not comfortable sharing, but you know, it's a give and a take. Everything is, that's my final lesson. I've rambled now for long enough. Yeah. I think we can finish up soon. <laughs> yeah, exactly. And I think that to not be vague is that I work with deities that I want to pay homage to for helping me. When I say help me, I don't necessarily mean that they are, I'm invoking them is that I have asked for assistance in my life in general to be able to have these quote unquote abilities per se. Right. And for me is that it's just a, a constant thank you to them. And my devotion is that any money I get, I hold on until basically the new moon. And I give a, when I say money, it's like, if I get physical cash, the whole cash goes on the altar. If I get a digital, um, uh, like a digital transfer, or like an e-transfer, I will take a coin representing that um, transaction and I'll put it in the money cup. So like there's that money that I receive, I do not spend until it was spiritually given to them and then I can spend it in this physical realm at a later time. So that's actually really interesting. That's a really cool. I never, I've, I haven't really seen that before. And I think that's cool. <laughs> yeah, because like, although I'm doing the reading and it's my power, I understand that I wouldn't be doing what I'm doing as well as I am um, unless I had them on my side. 
Yeah, a little bit of outside help. A little bit of outside help. And when I say outside help, again, I make it very clear that I'm not doing any invocation because that's a different can of worms. Um, Mm -hmm. It might be something I might bring into my practice, uh, like my tarot practice when it comes to um, outside offerings in the future. But for now, it's just this is an entity that's kind of with me in general. And for the people who are listening to us that don't know anything about this, it's like Jesus. It's just like Jesus. You know how Jesus yeah. is always with you and God's always with you. And then you basically go to the church and you make an offering. Same idea. I do that first as a dedication to my deity. So I do that, offer it to them. And then once the new moon comes around, I take it back and I'm like, thanks. But until then is that I <laughs> try to make, yeah, I make them happy because I don't feel like I would be able to read tarot the way I do without them. Yeah. And I think that's a really beautiful note to finish on. It is. I am Owen on Kylock. You can find me on Instagram and Twitter at the same name. Um, you can also buy readings from me at my shop, shopakylock.com, which will be linked in the description because I have a strong feeling you have no idea how to spell that. I also run our podcast Twitter, Suitsayers underscore T. So check us out over there as well. Yes. And my name's Gateri. You can follow me on instagram and regretfully facebook um at venoxis my website is venoxis.net where i do offer live zoom readings pdf readings and if you live local to me i do readings at obscurity shop um with that being said i do run the instagram which is now soothsayers underscore t and we also do have a link tree in the description which is going to not only link you to all the places that you can listen to this podcast but it listens to our own personal link trees so if you want to know a little more about us yeah thank you very much for listening we will see you on monday see you goodbye Bye.